Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, it's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Kia Podcast. I hope everyone is at home, staying safe, speaking to their loved ones, staying connected, and know that we will get through this. Um, I usually like to start all the conversation with a quote of the day. So today's quote of the day is, when the world tells you to shrink, expand. Elaine Welteroff. So let's jump into this week's podcast, guys. So this week's guest is a writer, creator, and Emmy-nominated junior television executive. As a writer, Courtney's work includes poetry, short stories, articles, and screenwriting. Her words have appeared in publications such as XO Nicole, Madame Noir, and Global Grind. As a creator, Courtney is the founder of Binge This Now, a platform created to help its audience sort through the clutter of what to watch on television and in theaters. She also has a photography and videography brand, hashtag Court's Eye, that houses her visual work. Lastly, Courtney has built an eight-plus-year career as an executive in television. She has developed and worked production on a wide variety of shows, including VH1's Hip Hop Squares, MTV's How High 2, CMT's Nashville Squares, the Emmy-nominated Martha and Snoop, the VMAs, Movie and TV Awards, and many more. She is currently the manager of talent and series development for MTV, VH1, CMT, and Logo. Her passion is to bring stories of the unrepresented to life, whether it be through writing, still, or movie images. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Courtney E. Whitaker. Hi! Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so Thank excited. you so much for joining me. I know this is a unique situation since, like I said before, um, another episode, we were supposed to shoot in a studio, but I'm so glad we were able to do this. I feel what I feel in my comfort zone because this is the intimate connection that I've had with a lot of my podcast guests, just having a one-on-one session with no one else kind of in the room. So it's a, a blessing and a curse at the same time, given the circumstances, but I'm so glad we were still able to do this during this time. Yes. I'm very proud of you. I'm excited. I like, Thank I feel like conversation. Thank you. Well, as you know, I like to just jump into things with the podcast. <laughs> so my first question is, what is your deepest fear? Okay, so my deepest fear, I thought I thought really long and hard about this because I, like the average person, have a lot of fears. But I think my like current deepest fear would be letting my talents go to waste and not reaching my full potential. That would, that would, yeah, the, that was like that combination would be my biggest fear right now. Yeah. Did that stem from somewhere? Um, I think because I have a lot of talent. I'm a multi-talented person. And a lot of times people that are multi-talented are often told to choose a niche and are often put in this one box. So for a while, I only focused on just like working in television and creating TV shows and doing stuff like that. And I didn't necessarily like nurture my other talents, like writing or just like being behind the camera and like shooting and loving photography. So I feel like I let a lot of time, a lot of time pass by while not working on those other talents or crafts. So 
it definitely is a fear that I have now because I'm trying to like actively jump into multiple things at one time, but I don't want anything to kind of fall to the wayside. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you think of untapped potential, like there is this sense of, you know, self-doubt or lack of time or lack of just you know, being able to fully develop that craft to the best of its ability, um, you know, holistically. And with juggling, you have, like you said, you are an executive at Viacom. Then it's, you have these other talents. How do you find a balance to give as much as you can give to those um, other areas where you know, like, this is a talent of mine, but I only have 24 hours in a day, as they say, you know? Um, I mean, it's definitely something I'm still actively working on because of this quarantine. I found that I have so much more time versus where before as an exec, I was on set all day. So I couldn't really give my time to other things, but I've been using this time to like set certain hours of like, okay, you're going to write for two hours every day. Everything is shut down. That's all you're going to do. And it's taken training and it's taken my body and my mind to get used to that. Where now, like, I found that before, because I didn't have any structure, I was just thinking of all these ideas at different times and couldn't do anything with it. Versus now I have these two hours set. I read it like in a a book somewhere. It's where you like, when you set aside this time and your brain knows that it's time for this, it allows it to think of other things. So it's not worrying about that thing anymore. So now you have room to say like, okay, cool. I know I'm going to write it this time, but now my brain is like, okay, those two hours are set aside for writing, but this other time that I have right now, okay, maybe I can like brainstorm something that I've been thinking about. It like, it's a weird structure and kind of like, um, like habits that I've been teaching myself and literally forcing myself of like, cool, you're going to sit down for these next two hours and this is what you're going to do. I don't care if you have no ideas, you're going to sit here. So. Right, right. Well, walk me through like this journey. You've been able to accomplish so much. And you're still, but you're still feeling this sense of wasting your God-given talents or untapped potential. Walk mm-hmm. me through that journey of how you've been able to navigate, right, success and mm-hmm. um, accomplishments while also still uh, battling um, or overcoming, working to overcome this fear that kind of seeps in the back of your mind. I will say... I would say it's taken years of just getting this down. And and I will say at first, well, I guess I can start with the beginning of my journey back in college. I was an English major. And while I was um, in school full time, I also had two internships and was working. So I've always been like a hustler. I've always had like two or three jobs at once. That's been something that's just been ingrained in me since I was a kid just watching my mom and my grandpa who's an entrepreneur and my brother, I've always had like 12 jobs, (laughs) literally always had 12 jobs. So for me, when I first moved to LA, I, I moved to LA almost six years ago. I decided like, Hey, I need this. I need something that's going to be my main source of income. That's going to get me in the door. And that's going to help me build these, um, build like my confidence, build these connections. So I started being an assistant and work and doing PA work and all that stuff. And I had had that experience after my story's all over the place, but I lived in Atlanta. I worked for Tyler Perry for six months. I like have been, I worked in New York and worked at the VT office. Like these were all like fresh out of college jobs. 
So it took me to really build that television background and know like know that world so that I wasn't green and I wasn't a newbie. So that now like when I walk on set, I have all this confidence. So I, and I feel secure in that and it becomes natural. It's almost like a like a sudden sense of being able to like walk on a set and know like what's happening, like who's who, like being able to read the room, know all the players so that it, and it came organically for me. And because of hard work, I'm, I'm so used to it now so that I can, I'm not green there. So I can room to be green someplace else because I know like, I know this world. I'm a boss at this stuff. I know how to make this work. I know how to, I know all the moving pieces here so I can be green over here and test out this water and see what happens. See what happens. Come on boss. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Um, well, now that you, like you said, you're a boss in this area, you're green over in this area. Mm-hmm. How do you identify like mm-hmm. your God-given talents? It, did you like participate in this? And every reason why I ask these questions because this is what everyone's thinking, right? Like, mm-hmm. did you participate in a self-development retreat or did you do certain practices that led you to these undiscovered talents? Or was it, you know, practicing a daily spiritual connection with God? Like, what have you been exercising to identify these um, God-given talents that you have in order to start, you know, nourishing them and really, you know, watering the roots for them? So I, I will say I've had a vision for my life from a very young age, from like 15 or 16. I, I knew that I like when I look back at my goals and my dreams and the things that I want to accomplish, they are literally the same things as they are today. They have stayed across the board. So I will say I recognize my talents really, really young. Like I started writing poetry probably when I was like seven or eight. I have like volumes and volumes of just poetry and short stories that I have written. And I, it took this year of, I will say last year, my 29th birthday, I just like, I went through a traumatizing experience that forced me to reevaluate everything. So I started going to therapy. I, I always journals, but I like, I made myself journal every single day. I made myself, like, I went to therapy twice a week. I became very, very, like, centered in who I am. And and I'm, I'm still on that journey. I wanted to discover who I actually was as a person and, like, what brought me joy and what, like, what what I felt proud of doing. And I realized that, like, it's been, and it took me to, like, go back home over the Christmas break and just, like, look at all my old journals to say, like, damn, I've had this same exact dreams my whole life and it's like if they're not going away and they very much feel like god gave me this vision he keeps giving me this vision the vision ain't going away no matter like how i try to deviate like all right let me try to do this over here it's like no the it's like a reappearing like it it and it just, it, it's so interesting to me. Like it's certain time, like when I think about writing, I can literally sit in front of my computer for three hours and Google writers and their journeys and study them. And it feels like this is the most interesting thing in the world to me. So it's a combination of like having that vision that I've had for so long and having these wants and desires. And I'm a strong believer that you like these desires and things that you want are placed in you, not from like someone else telling you, but from literally God speaking to you. Like I could be dreaming of being a doctor, but for whatever reason, I'm dreaming of being a writer and a director and a producer. Like I've had that consistent dream. So it took me like quieting myself and saying like, okay, what brings me actual joy? What, like, what have I been wanting to do for forever? And it's been the same thing consistently. 
it's important that you noted that you went to therapy, that you decided to be still in these moments and really identify for yourself who you are and what you want for your life. Um, I just wanted to note those things because I think a lot of times, you know, we're so busy trying to discover, discover, discover what profession or what is my niche or what is this. And some of those discoveries require you to really look introvertedly at yourself, your past traumatic experiences to really unpack, you know, those things and really start to move forward and, you know, decluttering what has been in your life and now clearly seeing that vision and moving towards that. So I think it's really important that you brought that up. I wanted to ask you in specific to therapy, since I know that there's still a lot of people, um, like myself, I'm trying to find a therapist, but <laughs> that are like myself who know they need therapy, but it's like finding the right therapist. Yeah. And um, what was that process for you? And were you apprehensive going into that experience? Or were you like, you know what, I'm open, but help me. <laughs> I, I need this. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm at this point in my life where like, this is a turning point for me. Um, so I, I wanted to go to therapy for a long time, but I never, like most African Americans, we don't have the tools. We don't really have anyone that's showing us like, okay, this, like you should take care of your mental health. So I like it, maybe a like, two years back, I was noticing that my coping, I was using, I wouldn't, I don't want to say the incorrect things, but I was turning, I was turning to things that weren't necessarily the things that I needed to be turning turning to to cope with stuff I was drinking excessively like going out excessively like after work going to happy hour all the time and it was just like okay you're waking up with hangovers and this you're drinking it's pretty excessively like this this ain't it so I like I was on that road already of naturally one help so but I didn't necessarily have the tools and with my health insurance at first I tried it with them and I went into the room and there was this little white lady and we met every two months. And I was like, this ain't it. Because she has no idea what I'm talking about. We meet every two months. Like, this this is right. not the This ain't it. So then I, like, put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off for as long as possible. And then last year, like, I had this traumatizing event happen. And it literally forced me because I had no idea where to turn, what to do. I was just like, I, I can't handle this on my own. So my first instinct naturally was like, okay, you have to get help. Who can you get help from? How can you find this help? So it took me turning to my tribe of saying like, hey, does anyone have a really good therapist that I could talk to? And literally like the next day I was in therapy and off in his office. And I was just like, I don't got no money. I can't afford $200 a session. I went through X, Y, and Z. I need someone to talk to about this. Can you help me? And he was like, you know what, I'm a, normally it's 200, but I'm gonna charge you $50. Mm-hmm. And I want you to come here once a week, every week. And it took like, it took me sitting down and committing to that. Mm-hmm. And say, and that's honestly, that's how I, that's how I got through everything. And I also was very, and the, the way that my tribe found him was they went on blackgirltherapy.com or they, or like where they list all the therapists. Mm-hmm. And they, that one person tried him out. And since then, literally everyone, I'm like, you need a therapist? You need a therapist? You are like, you are. It became like a, um, it became a, a tribe and like a recommendation system. So I'm very grateful and lucky because most people would be like, it's 200 a session. We're not, 
we're not doing that. But I also discovered that a lot of particularly black therapists do a sliding scale based on your income. So they are willing to work with you if you tell them like, hey, I'm going through this or I'm going through that. Or there's also this other group called Wella, W-I-L-A, and um, they're based in Santa Monica. They do group therapy sessions. It's $25 a session and they focus on women in entertainment, like different groups. So that's also another option for that one. I was definitely the only black person in that group, but still like that sisterhood, I'm still in that group to this day. And those girls are like, we like, like we're thick as So there's group therapy, individual therapy. And if that doesn't work, also found that like journaling and podcast, listening to podcasts, developing a morning routine, like leaning heavily on my support system has also been another form of therapy and support for me too. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of a routine, how has your daily routine that you created for yourself, and I know it's probably shifted given COVID, but how has your daily routine impacted your success personally and professionally? Six months ago, I did not have a a morning routine. I woke up on my phone and was like, "Hmm, let's roll Instagram. All right, cool. Now let's. I was all over the place. It was never consistent. But for the last, like, I would say six months or so, I decided I was going to wake up earlier. I was going to, like, so my routine basically is I wake, I try to wake up at six. I really want to wake up earlier, but that shit is hard. It's very Listen, six, okay? Six a.m. Six a.m. Let me tell you why six a.m. works for me. So I wake up at six. I get up. I make tea. Or I either make a smoothie or I drink some water and I literally just sit. I don't do shit. I just sit and let my brain, like, I open the blinds, I make my bed. I let my brain start to, I realized that I needed to let my brain have its own time before the rest of the world started, like, mm. asking for 10,000 things. So once I started to just sit, literally, I sit on my couch, I look out my window, I drink tea. My dog is like looking at me, like, sis, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> but I just like, I take those 30 minutes and just be with myself. Then normally I'll journal, read a passage. It's literally, it's literally an hour from six to seven of just being with myself. And I've found so much peace and so grounded in it. I don't turn on the TV. I don't do any devices, nothing. And it's when I don't do it, I notice it. When I don't, when I don't do it, I'm crankier. I feel like something's off. And I also learned that a lot of successful people wake up at like four or 5 a.m. That's a fact. That is a fact. They and literally the number one reason is because in the morning, while the rest of the world is sleeping, they get their peace. Like they get to just be with themselves. And doing that, it has shifted. When I mean every everything, like all my problem solving, I do it during the hour. All my like, huh, maybe if I had this idea, I do literally do all of that in the hour. It's literally my hour for myself, and I get to pray. I get to thank God. All that stuff. I remember when I used to live in Brooklyn, and I would get up at like. 545 to walk over to the blank fitness to go to the gym from 6 to 645 like I had it timed down but and I hated getting up but once I got up and you walk outside and you get over there it's like you're committed then you work out your body's already Mm -hmm. like your brain is stimulated your body's you know working and now when you get back into your space you're able to be a little bit more productive I know Mm -hmm. it's difficult with no gym to go to at this yeah. time. Like, oh, I'm to go to my living room. That is a, a mental, no, you know, it mental is. right there in itself because what's 
what COVID has um, been able to, I guess, pull the veil back for a lot of people is that now you have to really be self-motivated. There is no, oh, you're going to the gym or you're getting out. You have to, you know, lift yourself up to go to that. And, and granted, you still have to do that, but you know you're going somewhere. Yeah. To and go to the living room, to go to your desk, to go <laughs> to the kitchen. Like, there's something with the mental psyche where you're just, you just get a little bit unmotivated at the same yeah. time. It's like, I'm getting up to go to the living room, to go back to my bedroom, to go to the bathroom. It's like, <laughs> what? And that's been the hardest thing for me. Mm-hmm. daily routine to your point like I'll get up I'll make my coffee I'll wash my dishes in the morning which I know I will be getting a slap on the wrist of my mother like you should have washed it this is before you go to uh-huh. but I had to start to schedule out activities for me to do mm-hmm. yeah and honestly I know if I make my coffee in the morning I do my dishes something about the cleaning of some Mm-hmm. Uh, cleaning of the dish and the making of the bed allows me uh, my brain to unlock and be more productive for the day. Yeah, I don't do that, and I just drag myself to the computer to start doing work. I'm already over it. Like I'm already over it. Like, I'm already, <laughs> the battle was already won from unproductivity, <laughs> but so that's been the balance. And some days are better than others. I just, to your point, remain try to remain consistent in it. Mm-hmm. The great thing is just trying to be consistent in that daily routine. But I think it's really important that you said that you give your brain, you dedicate an hour for yourself to your brain to just be mm-hmm. and stimulate it before you answer anyone else. I was um, I was reading something somewhere. It's this book called like the habit of life or like habit, not the seven habits of successful people, but the other habit book that's really famous. I'll find it and send it to you. But in it, it was saying that when your brain gets a cue, like let's say like your cue is I need to wash these dishes and then you do the dishes and you reward yourself after it, something about, about it makes your, like, it makes you want to do more. It makes you want to develop more habits because you're rewarding yourself. Like they, I was looking up it within it. It talks about this guy that invented that basically made people brushing their teeth like the thing because in the 20s 30s no one was brushing their teeth for whatever reason so his idea was like when you feel like film on your teeth you should brush your teeth and then afterwards you get really clean pretty teeth so it's literally like the cue is like hmm, there's film on my teeth the routine is i'm gonna brush my teeth and the reward is you get clean teeth so when you do that with habits or like for you it's like i have these dishes dang i need to clean them you clean them and then after that you get a reward of like my house is clean. I could do something else. It's literally like developing a habit for yourself. Yeah, for sure. I think that like routine, honestly, the key to your, your frequency, right? How you're vibrating higher. I've been reading that book, Vibrate Higher Daily, Live Your Power. And one of the main things she says is to create a, a, day, a routine, like a daily routine. And that morning time is the best time to do it. By mm-hmm. 11 o'clock, it's, it's an app and a wrap. Like, yeah, no, it's over. <laughs> work you know early on and I'm just not a morning person which is hard for me but at the same Mm -hmm. time I know the benefits of getting up earlier yeah oh that my day would be much better and productive if I got up earlier and did everything I need to do um Mm -hmm. so it's a matter of just doing it like it is just a matter of doing it (laughs) it's like the brain just saying a switch get up like as soon as that light hits or as soon as you 
mm-hmm. your back, body naturally wakes up. Because my body does naturally wake up earlier. Mm-hmm. I just go to the bathroom and go back and, <laughs> and roll back over. Like, it's just a, <laughs> Well, maybe you should just reward yourself on the days that you wake up early. You'd be like, I'm going to get able today because I woke up earlier and then it's like you're tricking your brain into like cool okay next time I do it I'm I mean you can't get it I evil every day but you could just switch up the room right I gotta I'm working on it I'm working on it uh but it's important that you know that because now it's like I'm thinking girl you need to knock that down. tomorrow Sunday new week I'm not who I was yesterday that's what I use my quote I'm not who I was yesterday so you are not no Um, but outside of work outside of your daily routine outside of the personal strides that you take it for yourself in regards to therapy and really leaning on your your tribe your support tribe to be the best person of yourself right and to unlock these this untapped potential that you have in you Mm -hmm. one of the passions that grew out of this has been um, your love for binge-watching television and film content since <laughs> the birth of Binge This Now, which I love. Girl, I am so stoked when you send out your weekly newsletter. I'm like, okay, now I know what I need to watch because we're all in the house right now and content is going... I'm watching content way faster than I would have if I was in my natural, what what our normal used to be, which was going mm-hmm. out and having, you know, to go into the office, go grocery store, all these different things. So I wanted to ask you, how has this platform that you've created mm-hmm. um, helped feed your soul and spark a new creativity for you? So I will say I started doing Bench This Now because like literally the, every other person on this earth, there was so much content being made that I was just, I would open up an app or I would turn on my TV and I would get so overwhelmed and so frustrated of like, there's 10 of the same TV shows with the same actors in it. Which ones do I watch? And just having a background in TV, one of the things that I have realized, especially working in talent is a lot of people of color, like our shows, we don't, they don't get the same advertising dollars. They don't get the same eyeballs. They don't get none of that. And it's, the shows are normally bomb. Like when I think of, High Fidelity, which of course, like it has Zoe, Zoe in it. She's amazing. So she's a, but also like, nope. Before that, I feel like it wasn't really exposed necessarily to the black community, and it might have, but maybe not my inner circle. So that could be being ignorant to other circles. But I found that like, dang, there's these really cool shows that like historically aren't for black folks, but really like we have interest in it. Like we love sci-fi. We love scary stuff. We love docus. Like we aren't just like typecast to one type of show. Yeah. So in doing binge this, I was like, shit, you know, I'm going to just start posting. Sorry. I don't know if I can curse or not. Whatever you want, sis. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to start posting shows that feature people of color that are interesting that normally maybe we wouldn't see. And of course, like throw in shows that obviously we all know of like insecure as reminders, but maybe I can throw in like a high fidelity. Like, let's see, maybe I can throw in little fires everywhere. Like nobody was really checking for that before then. Like they have, most people probably don't even know who the writer is for that or like the backstory behind that. So let me just plop that in there. So it naturally something that I was interested in. And I also was like, I really want to build a community for people of color that are creatives. So maybe this can be the founding ground of it. Maybe I can eventually introduce tools to them and help them network. Like maybe this could be something. So, and it's just organically grown, which is crazy. 
just, I did not think anyone was going to care. I didn't think anybody was checking for it. And it has just grown so much. And every week is something that I look forward to. I do, it is exposing certain frustrations I have, like when it comes in terms of creating content and just making sure that like my graphs look right. My like, the posts are perfect. Like it's exposing the fact that I probably need to hire someone to create graphics. Listen, there's nothing wrong with outsourcing and delegating <laughs> certain responsibilities. Like I definitely need to outsource. Like you've been doing good. Thank you. But listen, every Friday I'm in front of my computer like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm about to post. But, I think <laughs> yeah. but even that you're consistent, which consistency is half the battle when doing something. Mm-hmm. And two, um, you really have taken the time, like you utilizing these other talents, like your your court's eye, where you put your visual of yourself and then you have this right through mm-hmm. screen of what the business is this now on your regular platform on your personal yeah. platform and then you have mm-hmm. how you want it to aesthetically lay out on the business now mm-hmm. instagram platform and that takes time skill visual you know layouts <laughs> and what branding do you want this to look like <laughs> all things that honestly like you're doing it and you're working your way through it they listen people always rebrand you can rebrand to the rebrand whenever you feel like sure. it but now it's just a matter of establishing again, goes back to that keyword routine of how you want this to roll out. You even implemented a newsletter, girl. You Listen, you done, <laughs> you done done more than half the people who said start something. So, I will I, say, I, you know, I was a firm supporter. They went up my yeses. Come on. <laughs> but see, it's literally, it's the supporters because there's been so many Fridays where I've been like, I do not want to do this. I do not feel like it. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. This COVID shit is driving me crazy. Work is making me crazy. I had all the excuses, but then I'm like, dang, if I don't do this, all of the supporters are going to be like, where's this at? Did, I remember one week I didn't post the Instagram story swipes that I normally do. And people were DMing me like, excuse me. And I'm like, oh, sorry. I didn't. Okay. All right. So, uh, okay. I got to be consistent, consistent. Copy that. Okay. <laughs> So they definitely pushed me to keep doing it, for sure. Listen, I've shared links to my colleagues. So they, like, <laughs> when they ask, like, what y'all watching now? Here's the link. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. <laughs> it's the best thing. This has been, like, I'm so excited. And I know that this is that was a passion for you. You were doing it already. So to see it come to life um, during this time has just been, as a friend, it's like, yes, girl, I needed this. <laughs> And I'm so glad you're doing it. So I wanted to talk about it because I know that it's something that's necessary and needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I always look and be like, where can I, what's to watch? What's good content? What's not? How you, you rate it? Like what's mm-hmm. like A versus what's the B. Yeah. <laughs> and that way it lets you know the expectation and manages your expectations going in mm-hmm. as yeah. a consumer, as a viewer. And like, that's exciting. You have a watch party. Yes, for insecure. You see what I'm saying? You got newsletters, watch party, branding. Come on, make me feel better. On the back, Courtney. Hype me up. Come on, girl, doing the damn thing. Untapped potential. Where? (laughs) Where? But (laughs) I want to shift gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. and talk about a topic that 
I know people get nervous about, but here we are. You're on the Fearless Q podcast. So yeah. I want to talk about love, oh, happiness. <laughs> <laughs> She's oh God. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a you know, mm-hmm. we're going to really end. So we're going to get the, the, the main question out the way so that we could, we could get out the way and go on about it. Have you? Uh-huh. Found love mm-hmm. and happiness yet in your life. And love and happiness can be defined how you want it to be. Although, you know, for me, I'm always looking at like the day in relationship component <laughs> of things. And where does that fall on your list of priorities? Okay. So, whew, this topic. <laughs> I will say I have found love and I have found love in my friends and family. I have found that I am surrounded by so much love from my friends and family that it is like for like my birthday was two months ago and I was so overwhelmed and all I could do was just cry because all these people had flew in for my birthday and I just felt so much love and it made me it made me realize that like I need to stop thinking about what kind of love I'm lacking and realize the love that I actually have in front of me because it is so it is so much and so overwhelming and such a beautiful thing because not everyone has that. So I definitely have found love in, and I'm very right now, like today I'm very secure in that love and I am okay with that love. And I don't need right now. I don't need no other kind of love. I have found happiness in my friends and family too. I have found happiness within myself of just like, just being myself, just doing like, knowing that I am a goofy person and I love sneakers and I just, I love having curly hair and I like eating pizza. Like I have found joy in those little things. And in terms of other love and kind of dating, I dating for me is, it's not necessarily a priority. And I think for me, it's not a priority because my family doesn't put any pressure on me. My family is very like, I'm the last grandkid that doesn't have any like, yeah, well, no, I have two younger cousins, but I'm the last grandkid that doesn't have kids and isn't tied to anyone. And my grandma and my mom, and my cousins are like, sis, don't do it. Like, live in LA, be happy, have fun. So they are very, very supportive of it. So I don't feel any pressure at all. And I, I feel like at one point in my 20s, I was kind of like, dang, I really want someone. But now I have become very secure in just who I am right now that I like if someone comes in. Absolutely. I hope they are an amazing person. And I hope that like God has placed them in my life and we can move forward and we can rock and roll. I definitely have the room and I'm open to adapting that. But what I'm open to is essentially becoming a different person or like sacrificing who I am because I'm lonely. Like that's not, mm-hmm. that's not something that I'm interested in doing or so love is like, it's, it's a priority, but it's not really a priority. It's a kind of like, I'm going to have faith and let God handle that. And I'm keep working on myself and try to become the best version of myself and then just see what happens. So absolutely. There we go. <laughs> like I keep preparing my king over there and yeah. I'm prepared. So then when we meet <laughs> We need good to go because you're working on me. So I know you're working on him. So we're going to make it work. That that part. <laughs> yeah. Have, like, I was going to ask you, in knowing that, and it, it, it seems like even in your response that you've grown a lot in that past year since signing therapy, how I, the question, 
you know, as transparent and clear as possible is how have you grown in this past year? You're now in 30s. Welcome to the third clip. Um, now in the 30s. So how have you grown? So um, I have gr- I have grown in more ways than I have realized. A lot of times it's people telling me that I have grown and I haven't necessarily realized it. So I have grown in a sense of my, like my temper has changed. I'm not as quick to judge. I'm not as quick to get angry or assume things. I'm more patient. I listen more. I'm more open to communicating with people and expressing my emotions. I Before I never expressed my emotions, I was like, I'm an Aquarius. So we're known for just like keeping everything on, keeping everything in a box. Versus now I'm like, here's the 10 reasons why I'm annoyed. Like I'm a lot more trans, I'm so much more transparent about it and so much more comfortable with being vulnerable and just failing and making mistakes. And I, I often see how much I've grown in for with my family members. Like they, t- they tell me on a regular basis, even my therapist today, we had a session. He started crying during our session because he was just so proud of the ways that I've grown. So I would say I've, I've grown in just in, it's interesting because I feel like our generation, when we think of growth, we think of like a number or a like, I got to this X, Y, and Z versus with self-work growth. It's, it's very, it's intimate. You don't necessarily see it. It's how, it's how you respond to certain situations or how you react to things. So I've seen it in that way, if it makes sense, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's very important that you said like a lot of times you don't know if you've grown until other people identify that because that's where in your mental, your psyche individually, you're like, oh, like I still got to do this. I still need to do this better. I still need to, you know, X, Y, and Z, not even realizing that you're already doing those things, but it's identifying those certain moments where you can start to see the shift. Like, oh, in the past, I would have responded like this to you. And now I'm responding like this. So now I know that I've made a, a major step towards that I know I I'm envisioning myself as being and becoming versus who I was Mm -hmm. yeah that that is important I also wanted to know as you've grown are there any key lessons or learnings that you kind of abide by or live by in order to continue pushing towards you know what brings you joy what brings you happiness Mm, yes I still think I'm defining them or trying to get a sense of what they are I know that one for sure is taking care of myself and practicing self-love of course and whether if that self-love is reading a book taking a bubble bath like calling my mom I know that unless I am like really loving on myself I can't love on any else or be present for anyone else so I'm definitely big on just like pouring into your cup before you pour into someone else's I also it's a lesson it's a lesson that I'm learning throughout this journey is that you becoming more secure in who you are is going to make other people uncomfortable and you unfortunately are going to lose some friends along the way and that has been whoo that has been a lesson. Woo, okay. When I mean a lesson, like friends I've had for years, I'm side-eyeing like, hold up. This was not an equal friendship. Like, 
you thrived on me, like putting you first and not myself first. So you will quickly learn and you're going to have to unfortunately, fortunately reevaluate the people around you and like, know like, Hey, is this person actually, do they really have my best interest at heart? Like, is this a, cause I mean, every relationship is mutually beneficial, but is it, is this a genuine, like you actually support me and you actually care about me? Or is it because like, cool, you can get me tickets to this concert tonight and we can go drink together. Like it's not like an actual friendship. So that's something I've learned. I'm trying to think what else. The, I've learned the importance of communicating, like communicating and being clear and expressing yourself. And the last biggest lesson for me is something that I still struggle with is stepping into the light of who you are and accepting the attention that you deserve. Like, especially as black women, we are very much like, we like to step to the side. We like to let other people be in the spotlight. No, that's your spotlight. So own it and make it work. You never, you have no idea who you are inspiring with your words or just existing. So that those are some four lessons. Ooh, those girl, lessons have been hard. girl, those <laughs> last two hit like, ooh. one, I was like, that reminded me of the Molly Issa episode one insecure situation with the friendship. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Because you really say, I mean, and that's happened to me as well, where you really got to understand, well, what was the foundation of our friendship built on? Mm-hmm. And is it, Come on now. is it going to be able to sustain the different stages of where we grow to be as individuals? And mm-hmm. two, I mean, the last part that you mentioned, which was um, staying in your light or stepping into your light and being confident and owning that and being okay with that. I think there's sometimes as black women, we are insecure about owning that light because then mm-hmm. someone else who may be in that position, whatever that may be, there may be a sense of hate or mm-hmm. um, you don't deserve or it can only mm-hmm. be one, it can only be the one, this person or the one, that person. And it's like, we can all eat if we're all coming to the table with the same intentions and the same authenticity and the same level of, you know, passion for the work in which we're putting out there. And if Mm -hmm. I'm being recognized, that shouldn't take away from you being recognized. And if you in a publication, that shouldn't take away from me being a publication. But the reality is, is that it is there. You know what I mean? It, Mm -hmm. it, 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 I don't know why it's always been like that, particularly, within our community of women, but it just feels, it's like an underlying thing that's not said, but you can feel it. Like you can mm-hmm. cut it with a, cut it with like a knife and know that like, I know it's here and I know you didn't say anything, but I know that it's in the atmosphere and it's hard to do, but it's also kind of like, you got to do it anyway. And it's also, it's so beautiful when you meet other women where you don't even feel that. It's like an automatic like sense of love and support. And that to me has been, I have purposely surrounded myself by women that support me and love me. And even women that are like, listen, I have had coworkers that are doing some bro shifty shit to me, but I've been like, you know what? I'm going to still love on them anyway. And know like, cool, like, I'm sorry, but eventually I'm going to step on your neck or I'm going like, something's going to happen where this is going to come spite you and ask, but I'm still, I'm going to I'll show you love anyway, even though you are doing everything in your power to shut me down right now. I know. And that is why I feel like treating people, how you treat people will get you 
like treating people with kindness will get you farther than anything else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because the person who doesn't is always like you always hear, oh, this person's a this, this person's a that, whatever. That, yeah. Somebody with kindness because you genuinely like, you know what, I'm just how are you today? Asking somebody how they do and treating them with kindness. It's always you're always going to be propelled forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're always going to be propelled forward. And to your point, like it took me a while to understand surrounding myself with the right type of energy, mm-hmm. you know, and I've always felt like I've chosen the right people within my circle, but sometimes, you know, I'm a sucker for just connecting with people and being mm-hmm. social and, I, and everybody doesn't need connectivity and everybody doesn't need accessibility. Mm-hmm. Amen. Come on. I mean, you know, I, you know what I mean? And <laughs> it took me a while to understand that, but you know, not everybody is really there for you. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, not everybody is there for you. They might um, be there for you in this season, but when things get rough and a little iffy, are they still there? Are they still riding? Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, by being able to identify that, like you said, that lesson and that learning that you, that you're already 10 steps ahead. Cause now it's like, then what you can't hold. I was already holding myself from stepping in my life. Now that I'm stepping in my life, what, what else? What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Or you're yeah. not allowing me no more to even be able to have that type of hold or accessibility to me to make me even self doubt, whatever mm-hmm. it was that I was thinking. So I'm, ha- I'm here for it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> That shit, that hit me different. I was like, "Ooh, girl. <laughs> Listen, if when it hits, I oof, I can't tell you like how the straw is that I have been and been like, but we've been friends for like twenty years, and now, now I'm like, oh great, okay, another person, cool. But then when that person leaves, it makes room for another person that can add into your life in more ways than you have realized to come in. So, and they always say, be careful what you pray for, because I've always prayed. I know every time I make the, I pray to God, remove anybody in my life that's not here for me. X, Y, Z. When I say it happens so fast, I be sitting here like, you know, but that's what I pray for. So let me. Mm-hmm. Pray for that. Um, and now I look back, I don't feel no type of no way. Like anybody that's not here no more, I'm not looking back. Me and like, let me bring this person. No. I can love you from a distance. Or I care about you from a distance, but we don't need to be in the same orbit right now listen loving from a distance is that's sometimes that's the best thing you have to do for people like i sis i love you from over there bro i love you from over there but don't don't come no closer (laughs) we're good from a distance yeah well i want to close out the episode and ask you if there's someone um that wants to journey down the same path as you um whether it's the, the television and film industry or creating their own platform that speaks to a niche audience to just going, you know, starting and getting into writing and visual, um, visual capturing via photography and videography. What advice would you give them as they are starting to um, unlock that path or continuing down that journey? What is some advice that you would give to them? Um, well, first I would tell them to research and educate the field. I think it's important to know just like what the trends are, who the people are, who the players are, what's happening, learn how to, I listen, I am always taking a course online somewhere. 
I just educate yourself on the process, how it's done, how to do certain things. That is one of the biggest things for me. I think the second thing would be actually doing it. A lot of times we make the plans and we make like, we, I have so many notebooks full of plans and goals and like brain doodles of how things could work, but actually doing it has taught me so much. So I would definitely say do it. And the third thing would be to surround yourself with people that have the same interest or want to do it as well. Because I will tell you my first job in TV I got from uh, literally my friend, her name is Chi Chi. She was working in television and she was out at the time. I was like, I want to be a radio host. And she was like, nah, sis, you're good at TV. You should work in TV. And literally she was going to London for a year. So she had to give up her, her assistant position at BET. And she was like, I think you'll be great for this. I recommend you for it. I got it. And that was how I started working in television. It was not like, I, yes, I love like mentorship, but it was the people around me that were on the same level as me that had put me in the places that I need to be. So definitely networking across versus you can always network up, but networking across and building that tribe has definitely helped me and helped me sustain the career that I've had thus far. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here for it. I still feel like, you know, we need those reminders or advice as we're charting our own paths. Absolutely. So that's definitely some great advice. I hope whoever's listening will take heed to it as they continue on to their journey. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether you're in your current role, looking for a new role, looking to explore a new um, entrepreneurial path, like these are all great advice in order to kind of jumpstart into what God has prepared for you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Or what the universe. Okay. Yeah. With that being said, one, I want to thank you, Courtney, so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I'm so happy to be podcasting again as well. <laughs> um, but this was fun. I enjoyed our conversation and I hope that today's conversation inspired Anyone who's listening, I usually like to close off the episode with a quote that ties back to the person's fear. So I hope this doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope this. Okay. Okay. Uh, the quote is: If you find yourself relying and loving comfort, routine, familiarity, and security, you will always have untapped potential in life, happiness, and success. Kyle Francis. Ooh, said that to me. I like that. Yeah. That is a good one. <laughs> well, guys, I'm wishing you nothing but love, light, and peace inside your home. Courtney, I don't know if you wanted to say anything before you close out the episode, but if you have anything to say, I'll pass the torch. Uh, I will say thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. I really hope that this inspires someone. I hope that everyone is staying safe and I hope that everyone listening decides to do one thing for themselves today that challenges themselves. Literally one little thing day by day eventually adds up to something. So keep going, keep pushing. And I know right right now it's very hard to stay sane with everything going on, but I hope that you find a way to find joy in this quiet time and to enjoy being by yourself. And that's it. Amen. And with that being right, (laughs) here and Courtney, and we are out.